Well, good morning, everybody. I am so glad that you are here, whether you are here in person or online. How many had a great Christmas yesterday, huh? Yeah? How many are, like me, really glad that it's over? You know, anybody? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we had eight of our grandkids there yesterday, and uh, I think six of them are under the age of five, and just count me exhausted, okay? And, and I tried to sit back, and yeah, anyway, it was, it was a, an amazing time. But I'll be honest with you, I'm glad they're all on their way home, and <laughs> ooh, we could take naps this afternoon. There, there you go. Oh, man. But here we are on the cusp of a, of a brand new year, and I love this time of year. It's a great time of the year for me. And, and with this whole Christmas thing, you know, landing where it is, it's just been kind of weird for us, you know, about you know, starting this whole new year, church on Sunday. It's just been, it's been an odd time, but... But there's something about this time of year for me that, that, that I just love. It's, it's, you know, for me, it's a chance of, of this fresh start, you know, maybe a new beginning. And, and I'm guessing that most of you are just like me, is you're hoping 2022 uh, ends up a lot better than what 2021 or even 2020 was, you know. And, and so we're just, we have this anticipation, you know, and, and I get all optimistic about everything that, that's going on. And so just for the next few weeks, uh, these next two weeks, we're going to do this, this just short little series called Habits. And I love this series. And then we're going to start our New Year series called All Things New, talking about how we can be new people. And so I am really looking forward to this, and, and hopefully we're going to start this whole year off right. And I also love this year because, uh, you know, over the years, the course of years, for Barb and I, this has been a, a, a way for us to have a fresh start. And it's just been kind of new beginning, so we look every year to this, this brand new time and, and think, oh, this is, this is going to be a, a great year. And we actually got married, for those of you who don't know us very well, um, we got married in 93, I got this all written down in case I blow this, okay, <laughs> in November of 1993, okay, and if you didn't know, we had both been married before, and um, so when we got married, our kids were, I'm going to cheat. Five, six, seven, seven, and nine. Okay, five kids, five, six, seven, seven, and nine. And it must have been love because if you would have seen that whole tribe, you know, it was just craziness everywhere we went. And, and uh, it was just kind of cool. But here we were starting this brand new, new family, uh, a brand new marriage after we had messed up the last time. And we said, you know, we don't want to go through that ever again. And, and knew that there was just some, some way, we had to start fresh and we had to do something brand new. And so we had decided that we were going to pack these five kids up every chance we got and go to church. <laughs> and so we started, we got married in November and, and, and the very first weekend in January we went to a brand new church and, and for us and, and we, it was just amazing. And it was one of the things honestly that, that helped keep us together. We started a, helped start a brand new uh, blended family support group, and, and uh, it's what got us through a lot of those years, and so there's something exciting about that. Then actually, God called us into ministry, and I was in ministry and, and um, was at, on a staff at a church and got called into a parachurch ministry to help start sports programs all over the country, and we had to leave that church, and we, we were looking for a new church, and so we would try church after church after church, and, and nothing just seemed to fit, you know, and there were great churches and everything, but we just didn't find the one that was right for us. We were looking for something special and unique, and it was the very first weekend uh, in January on, in 2006 that we walked into the YMCA on DuPont Road to Crossbridge Community Church, and we looked at each other about three-quarters of the way through the service, and we said, we are home, that this is it. We had no idea 
what God was doing and what, what the, the trip that God would take us on to get us to the position we are in today. We, had, it was just, you know, we just knew that, hey, beginning of the year, this is it, we're gonna start. And so that's why we just love the, the, the beginning of these years and, and start, because it brings back all those memories of, you know what, we said we were gonna do this and, and, and we started off in, in church and said we're gonna be dedicated to what God has for us and, and it's just amazing. So here we are in 2022, very hopeful, very optimistic. We love this time of the year. So today and next week, you know, when we talk about these habits and, and even maybe through the, we're not going to tell you anything new. It's probably not going to be anything that you don't already know. It's just, maybe it's just one of these great reminders. And, 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 and we can challenge you to start this year off right, is to make some of those, those decisions. And, and I believe this can make a huge difference in your life. I, I believe that these, these next weeks can, can make a, a huge difference, maybe even in your, in your future. It can be the start of something very special for you and maybe your family. And so I, I think this could actually change the trajectory of, of, of where you're headed. Maybe if you don't like where you're headed or you're just kind of a little bit confused, maybe this is the time that we can start giving you some building blocks to get you where you, you need to be. And I believe our lives can be different. We can be God-honoring with what we are doing as individuals and as a church. So for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about these things called habits, you know, and for me, this is, I just want you to know right now, that as I was studying for this over the last few weeks and things, this is, I am speaking to me today, because this is something that I have got to get better at. And so, again, as I look into this new year, this is something that I have to actually work on myself. So I don't think there's a better place to start than just, let's just talk about what a habit is, okay? The definition of a habit, as I found. A usual way of behaving, something that a person does often in a regular and repeated way an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. And I love that picture because, because uh, people will tell you that, that 40% of what we do in, a, in an average day is done involuntarily. It, it's just habits. So think about this. 40% of our lives are lived in just, just regular habits of what we're accustomed to. We don't even think about it. It's just come natural. It's just what it is. And those can be good things or even bad things. But 40% of what we do is just habit, Okay. And, and I truly believe that every one of us sitting here today, everybody watching online, we want the best version of ourselves for this next year. We want to be the best that we can be. We want to be, be known as generous people. We want to be people who give back in our lives and, in our, and, and with our finances. We want to be spiritually sound. We want to make sure that we're following God and doing everything that he asks and, and, and wants us to. You know, the way he's wired us uniquely so that we can, we can do what he wants us to accomplish in our lives. I believe that's what we actually really want. And we want to have great marriages. We want to have great relationships ar ar around us. We want to be great fathers and mothers. We want to be the best version of who we are. And let's just be honest, in, in, a, in the culture we live in, in the society we live in, it's very easy for us to look around and compare ourselves with other people. And even though we, we want to be the best versions of ourselves, we look at others and we think we know we're not measuring up. And this era of, of social media, as we watch other people's lives, and, and we've said this so many times, you are looking at people's highlight reels. You don't get a peek behind most of the time of what's really going on. It's all these grand vacations. It's all how their family, you know, Christmas, you know, I could show you that our Christmas pictures from yesterday, and man, it looks like everybody's having a blast, but I mean, there were some meltdowns, trust me, you know? <laughs> and mostly from Barb and I. But, 
<laughs> but, but it is. It, it, it's one of those things that you. It, it's so easy to compare ourselves and look at other people and say, "Well, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not stacking up. We're not doing what we really need to be doing." And and then we start seeing people who succeed, and we start making excuses like, "You know what? Yeah, they're doing really well, but you know, they had it all handed to them. You know, they didn't really have to to work at, at that at all. They just got lucky. They were at the right place at the right time." And we start kind of doing that kind of stuff too. And we just got to look inside ourselves and say, you know, what is in store for me for 2022, you know? And here's the deal. Those kind of successful people, they do regularly what other people will only do occasionally. Successful people do regularly what others, including myself, only do occasionally. And, and, And if someone is spiritually thriving, it's because they are doing something regularly that the rest of us aren't doing. You know, they're setting their alarm clock early. They're doing whatever to get up and have quiet time with God. And, and, and they're thriving because of those choices that they are making. If someone is financially successful, it's, it's they're willing, again, to do regularly what others are not. They're willing to, to save, you know. They're willing to be generous and, and give. They're, they're willing to, to build into it and, and understand that, that, you know, there's consequences to what you're doing. And, and so they're just really good at that kind of stuff. And, and they're successful at it. Relationally, the same thing. You see someone that's relationally uh, doing great with their, their spouses or their kids or what have you is because they're investing in other people. My guess is they're very humble. They're, they have this humility thing. They're doing things on a regular basis that some of us just don't do on a regular basis. And then people who are physically fit, you know, they, they're willing to do things that the rest of us aren't willing to do, like eat salads, you know. Run. Why would anyone do that? Adam Stone. You know what I'm saying? I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But for some reason, this is why you look like this if, if you don't, you know? People are willing, successful people are willing to do what others are not willing to actually do. There's a book out, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, and here's what he says in this. Our habits will either make us or break us. We become what we, we, we repeatedly do. We become what we repeatedly do, either on the good side or on the bad side. And we don't have to look very far to find an example of this. We can go to Jesus himself, repeatedly things that Jesus himself did. Follow me in Luke chapter five, verse 15. Here's what it says. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. What was happening is Jesus was starting his ministry and he was doing all kinds of miracles and things like that and people were starting to flock to him. Word was getting out that if you had an illness, if you had problems, you could go to Jesus and he would heal you. So they're starting to flock and he's telling everybody, don't go out and tell anybody, all right? So the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He had this routine. He had this consistent thing that he did. He knew that he had to get away. And, he had to, and we're going to be actually talking about some of this stuff in a, in a series coming out about margin. He knew that with everything that was going on, he had to take time for himself also. And so he did get away, but he prayed, and he, and he went to be with the Father on a regular, often basis. You see this in Scripture all the time. Here's Jesus setting that example, doing all these kind of things. So next week, we start 2022, and, 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 and we're going to celebrate, and many of you will make New Year's resolutions. I hate New Year's resolutions. 
It honestly, I would stay as far away from a New Year's resolution as I could for many, many years until just a few years ago I, I, I started making them again, you know? And, and, and I would encourage you over this next week before we get to January 1st is for you to process this whole thing. What is it that God is asking me to do in this next calendar year? Where is it that he has challenged me to, to, to change something, to add something, to take something away? What is it that he wants me to do so that I can be as most effective for him as I possibly can? And I ask you to think about that and pray about that and make a New Year's resolution this coming weekend because I know that we want to change. We want to become the best versions of ourselves that we possibly can. But here's the bad news. After you make that New Year's resolution, understand that 92% of us are gonna break them by Valentine's Day. By February 14th, we're gonna be absolutely done. And maybe you've experienced this. This is my story. This is why I didn't ever make New Year's resolutions, because I knew that I didn't have it in me to make it past, I never made it to Valentine's Day at best, you know? But it's just, it's just kind of the way, way it is. And, and you start getting down on yourselves because of all those kind of things. And, and it reminds me, and we've, we've went over this verse I don't know how many times in, in, in this last past year, but this is a verse out of, out of Romans. This is Paul, the Paul, who started all these churches, who wrote you know, two-thirds of the New Testament. And he says this in Romans chapter 7, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Anybody? I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And so often I can relate so well to this, that this is where I end up, no matter what I try, no matter how hard I try. And then he goes on in verse 24 and says this, Oh, what a miserable person, person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus. See, our source is Jesus. Our only hope is Jesus. When we try to do it on our own, we're going to fail miserably. He is our strength. See, it doesn't matter who you were, where you were, what you've done. Jesus Christ is our strength. He takes all things and he makes them new, which is our next series. That was a hashtag ad, as Jordan would say. And, and, and I love this because what Paul is talking about here is he's talking about actually sin when he's talking about, you know, I, do, I don't do what I, I want to do. But let's just face it, the things that trip us up, the things we get in trouble with are typically sin in our lives. Our own greed, our own selfishness, our own things that take us away from God's plan in our, in our lives. Laziness, you know. I plan on doing this. I want to do all these kind of things. And I, you know what? Sometimes I'm just too lazy to get it accomplished because I'd rather do it on my own time than anybody else's. And so here we are. It's not, if it's not for, the, for, for Jesus, man, we just can't get it done. And we have all kinds of great intentions, but we so fall short. And so I just, this whole thing resonated with me. I just want to give you a couple of things that kind of hold us back from being able to develop these kind of habits and do what God has called us to do and do what we know that, that we really want because we have these good intentions. And this is where I struggle. These are two of the areas where I really, really struggle myself. And so this is a great reminder for my me today. The very first thing is this. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. 
We all know what the end result is, you know? We just don't really know how to really get there. And if we it surveyed everybody here and everybody online, we'd basically have, you know, a, a set of, of things that we want to improve on. You know, we want to be closer to God. We want our spiritual lives to, to, to thrive this year. We want to have great health. We want to have our finances in order. We want our relationships to be, be, be better. You know, those are, are some of the areas that probably we could all agree on, that there's areas in each of those things that, that we really want to, to improve on this year. And there's a book out called Atomic Habits. It's, I think it's a relative new one by James Clear. This is actually on my habit list. Is I'm going to start reading again. <laughs> and, and this is a book that I, I want to pick up and, and, and read. And here's what he says. He says, goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. He says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems, okay? You fall to the level of your systems, the plan that you have in place. You know what goal it is, but you don't have something in place to get you where you want to go. And I tell you, this is where I fail. This, I stink at this. I am a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. Very high eye in the disc profile, you know, just kind of go along with the flow. I just, if there's a party, I want to be there. Talk about details, let's not go, let's not go there. That's for somebody else to handle with, you know? And, and so this is where I really stink at, and I know this is where I got to get better. But, but understanding that, knowing that, gives me some principles, gives me some ways that I can start putting these together. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those things next week. And, and, and as I look back at my own life, you know, and for those of you who are young out here, these are the kind of things that if you start early in your life and build this, man, I tell you, it gets you in such a better place. I look back now and think if I would have had some of these habits, if I would have had some of these practices, if I would have had some of these systems, I'd be in a much different place than where I am today. And I think it's so crucial for us to understand that. But even so, even if you're an old guy like me, you can start any time because it's going to improve where you are. This whole system thing is about a routine. About, about understanding and, and, and saying, this is, this is what I'm going to do. It brought me mind to, to Daniel in, in the Old Testament, you know, the one who got thrown in, in, the, in the lion's den. That there's this decree that goes out, and, and he's he, they're supposed to worship the king, and he said, no, I can't do that. Let's, let's pick up the story here in Daniel 6.10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. He had a routine to do in his life. He, he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his window open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. He had a system. He had a routine. He knew what he was going to be doing. And, and if our goal is to lose weight, you know, we've got to figure out what that system is. What is our routine? And it's unique to us. Figure out what that whole thing is. I, I want to pay off debt. You know, well, what's the system? What habits am I going to have to build? Am I going to have to budget? What's, what's going to be going on with there? I want to be closer to God. So what's going to be my system? What's going to be my routine? And again, these are some of the things we're going to be talking about possibly next week. And, and so just start putting those things in, my, in your mind. What you want to get to this week is, is figuring out what God is calling us, where he's putting his finger on your life. This is what I want changed in you this year first reason we don't succeed is we focus on the what but don't understand the how the system of how we're going to get there the second reason we don't succeed is we don't see progress fast enough we know how we know where we want to go we know how because we set up the schedule we got the routine we know this is how we're going to attack it this year you know maybe some of you went out and bought gym memberships 
You know, maybe some of you have a, bought a treadmill. Maybe some of you bought one of those little stepper things and, and things. You say, this is going to be the year. This is it. You know, it was, I think it was uh, October of 2018, before the pandemic, I went out and, and again, I, you know, I wanted to get a little bit more in shape, lose some weight, and, and here I was, and I said, I hate running. There's no reason to do that unless a bear's chasing you or something like that. And so I went out and bought a spin bike because I thought, you know, I like to, to bike, so I'll buy a spin bike, and it was awesome. I bought this bike, and I started riding it 20, 30 minutes every day. I'd come, you know, into the living room, and Barb would be up, and, and I'm pouring the sweat. She says, you are going to die, <laughs> you know. But, man, it was great, and I did this. I mean, I think it was like three weeks or something. I finally stepped on a scale, and I'd gained three pounds. I didn't see a lot of success, and the first thing I want to do is say, well, that thing doesn't work, <laughs> you know, and we give up. Because we don't see the, the results fast enough. We don't see progress fast enough, you know? Maybe you read your Bible. You say, you know what? I'm going to be so good this year. I'm going to, I'm going to start reading Scripture. I'm going to get into you version. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get up early. And, and you do all those things, and, and you have the most incredible argument with your spouse that you've ever had. You yell at your children, typically on the way to church, you know, and you walk in the door saying, I did it again, you know? Or, or maybe, you know, you decide, I'm going to pay off the debt. I'm going to pay off this credit card. You say, I'm not going to go to Starbucks or any of this place, not any of the designer coffee anymore. I'm going to make it at home. And you do that for a whole month, and you take all that money, and you put it down on your, on your credit card debt, and instead of owing $11,300, you owe $11,200. And you think, why am I even bothering? And we don't see progress fast enough, so we just decide, you know what? And we start thinking that small good decisions really don't matter much. The small good decisions really aren't going to get us where we want to, want to go. And then that leads to, well, small bad decisions really don't do much either. You know, because you look around our house and you see all the extra the candies and cookies left over from Christmas. And you think, well, you know, I can eat all those. And you know what? I step on the scale. It really doesn't make that much, much of a difference. You know? We, we skip church here and there or regularly. And our spiritual life doesn't suffer all that much, you know? We kind of blew the budget on all of Christmas, but you know what? I didn't have to declare bankruptcy. And we think, well, all these little small bad things, you know, didn't really harm me in the short term. You know, the small things don't help that much. The, the small bad things don't hurt that much. So, you know, what the heck? But when we start understanding that our whole life is a sum total of all the decisions that we make. We are in the positions we are today. We are feeling the way we, we do today. We are in a financial, spiritual decisions, relational decisions, uh, ways we are in our relationships and things like that because of all those little decisions that we made up along the way. We are the sum total of all of those things. Whether they're good or they are bad, they all matter and they all add up. You don't wreck your life in just one bad decision. You don't end up in a bad place without going through all these little things. And I'm just going to tell you, as pastors, we see this all the time. We have conversations with people, and, and, and it's just these little small bad decisions that, that add up, and, and honestly, we can see it coming. I can't tell you how many times we've had this conversation around the office. Is we know what's coming. We see what's happening. We try to have conversations, and it just, you know, to the person, it doesn't seem that big a deal, but you know that this decision leads to this decision leads to this decision. All of a sudden now they all add up and we've just wrecked our lives. We start down these, these, this road and, and we create certain habits and it becomes a problem. 
And I just want to get honest with you for just a moment. And this has kind of kept me up the last few nights talking about this. But I just, I just want to go down this road, and it may make some of you mad. And, 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 and this is just it. We start creating habits, good and or bad. And here we are, and I admire you guys all for being here the day after Christmas. I mean, it's amazing. But one of the things that's happening in our culture and our society right now is that, that this, this whole gathering as a community... And, I, and I, I don't want to call it church because we've talked so many times about church not being about the four walls or the building. It's about us coming together in a community and bonding together and doing life together and, and spurring each other on and, 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 and you being able to, to help somebody else that maybe gone through the same kind of struggle you have. That's what church is. That's what community is all about. And it just doesn't seem like it's as important as what it used to be with our schedules and everything that's going on, man. It's so easy just to skip here and there. You know, I come when, it, when it's convenient for me. And you're creating a habit. And you're creating a, a situation what, that, that you're drawing farther and farther away, I would argue, from God. And many of you say, well, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. Couldn't agree with you more. I absolutely believe that. But my guess is that your quiet time isn't, really what it should be either that your time alone with God in scripture and in prayer and everything else and even with your kids I bet you're not sitting down and doing the crafts they do over in bridge kids I bet you're not telling the stories regularly either I hope that you are and if you are awesome and I continue to do all that but I'm telling you there's something unique about being here together there's something incredible about it my constant prayer my number one prayer that I have that, that, that I get to my knees on is I pray for my children that, that they come to Christ and that they follow Jesus with all their heart and now my grandchildren. It's a prayer, it's my, the, the most repeated prayer that I have because to me there's nothing more important than my children and my grandkids to know who Jesus was and follow him. I don't care what their batting average is. I don't care how many points they made in the game. I don't care what their grades are. That doesn't even matter to me in the stage of life that I am. The only thing that matters to me is if they know and have a relationship with Jesus. And we hear it all the time, I'm just telling you. And, and people say, well, you know, I don't know what it is, but my kids have grown now, and they just don't seem to make God a priority. And it's all we can do to say, it's because you didn't make it a priority. And we've been creating habits. And I don't know how that makes you feel, but I'm just telling you, I think there's something special and unique about being in a community together. We love digital ministry. Don't get me wrong, okay? We're going to continue to, to stream this, these services, but this is not the main reason why we do this. We didn't set up digital ministry just so we could stream a, a Sunday so that you can be comfortable. I get it, man. I would much rather be in PJs with a cup of hot chocolate. I don't like coffee. Uh, or Diet Dr. Pepper in my hand, you know, watching it on YouTube. But there's something special and unique. And it's, I love that over the last few weeks, we've actually had people come and say, you know, there is something. I'm, I'm back. Haven't been here for a while. And it is so good to be back because there's something unique about here. There is something unique about it here. We love that. We love that if, if there's something that you can't make it here, that you're able to keep up with your church family online. But we do digital ministry not so that you can, you can be comfortable and watching a service at home. We do it so we can reach people 24-7, including yourselves. That through the week that we can challenge you and say, okay, now what's God asking you? What's God calling you? Those kind of things. That's what this whole thing is about. Not about your comfort in your PJs on a Sunday morning, sipping your coffee, taking it easy.
Matter of fact, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, I love this. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur each other on, hard to do if you're not face to face. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So apparently, this is not just our culture, this has been since the first century, okay? But encouraging one another and all the day as you see the day approaching, all the more when you see the day approaching. It's so crucial. I love this scripture. I think it's something for us as we look at. I don't want you to hear me as I'm trying to beg you to come to church. It's not it. I want something for you. I don't want something from you. You know, I want you to, I, I want you to be in this community. I think it's the best way to do life. We are not intended to do life alone as, as followers of Jesus. We are not to be Lone Rangers Christians. You don't see it anywhere in scripture. There's, there's a Lone Ranger Christian. They do it together. That's what we are about, and we're going to do everything we can to be that kind of community this year in 2022. If you're feeling lonely and disconnected, I'm telling you, the answer to this is people. We had Christmas dinner with our, with our small group, this, this part, most of our small group, and it has been amazing. That was so, it's been so refreshing to be back together. I'm telling you, we've got to be in community in 2022. Okay, rant's over. All right. We will live the results of our decisions, good or bad, the habits that we make. If you see someone else that's living the dream, you know, they've retired early, <laughs> they're spiritually sound, their family looks like, man, they're just un- unbelievable. How did they get there? Small, good decisions, self sacrifice doing things that, you know what, they may not be as comfortable. I've got to do this because I know what the end result is going to be. Small, consistent disciplines get you to where you need to go. Failures to recognize those kind of things and just going life, I'm telling you, you'll end up in a place and you'll wonder how you got there. Perseverance is what it's all about. One small, faithful decision after another over a period of years leads you to a place that everyone wants to get to. We can start this year with those kind of habits, those kind of decisions. We can make those small sacrifices, those faithful decisions. And over time, what happens is it doesn't seem like it's doing very good. (laughs) The whole bicycle thing, man, I gained three pounds, but I kept after it. I kept after it, kept after it, and I actually lost some weight eventually. And then COVID hit, and then I just threw it all out the door. But I'm telling you, you continue to do those small things that you don't see, and you don't do the bad things that you don't think make that big a difference. All of a sudden, it comes to a tipping point just like the dominoes you saw at the very beginning, and all of a sudden the big things start to fall, and all of a sudden you're in a totally different place. And there you are. I am a firm believer in you reap what you sow. And I know that I have struggled with this over the course of my life. You reap what you sow. Listen to what Galatians, and we're going to close with this verse. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those small, consistent things you do, whatever it is, whether they're good, you're going to harvest good. If you, if you plant bad, you're going to harvest bad. Those who live only to satisfy, oh, this is so speaking to me. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing 
what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. What are you going to sow for 2022? I believe we can make a difference like never before this year. As individuals and as a church, I am so excited about what is in store for you and Crossbridge this next year. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do in us and through us. It's going to be amazing, and we will give him all the glory. Would you pray with me? Father, as we start this brand new year, you know, first of all, Christmas, thank you (laughs) for entering this world with the plan, an unusual, unorthodox, no one saw it coming plan to rescue us. And we are so grateful. And the next thing we celebrate coming in the calendar is Easter, where you paid the price for us. And we can't thank you enough. But as we look forward to this 2022, I don't know whoever's listening, whoever's watching, whoever's here in the room, what their last couple of years have been, but my guess is there's been some struggles and some challenges and some hurt and some pain and suffering. And I pray as we get ready to go into this next year that you will help create us in systems and routines and habits that will lead us to a place that we are more sold out than ever for you, that we are impacting lives all around us, in our workplaces, in our families, and in our community. And again, we will give you all the praise and all the glory for it. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.